listening to Gleanings, the monthly newsletter from Strategies at Work, podcast edition, April 1st, 2015. Upcoming events. The Strategic Life Alignment Seminar. Struggling to find meaning, purpose, and satisfaction in life? The Strategic Life Alignment Seminar will equip you with tools and a methodology for discerning your divinely ordained life purpose. The next seminar is tentatively scheduled for the fall of 2015. In the meantime, you can purchase the recording of this teaching at strategieswork.com. The Strategic Life Alignment Alumni Event The SLA Alumni Event is exclusively for alumni of the SLA Seminar and is designed to accelerate the process of discovering your life purpose. The topic for the 2015 Alumni Event will be Capability. The event will be held July 17th through 18th, 2015 in Dallas. Alumni events are recorded and available on the website strategieswork.com. The webinar Keys to a Successful Career If you missed this webinar, you can still get the recording. Discover biblical insight into how to plan and execute a successful career. See the link in the April Gleanings. Beyond Babel Training, Business, Money, Technology, and the Kingdom of God What do business, money, and technology have to do with the Kingdom of God? The pedestrian assumption is that there is no connection. Business, money, and technology are matters of the material world. The Kingdom of God is a matter of the spirit world, which has little, if anything, to do with the material world. If this assumption is wrong, and God cares about the material world, then how do business, money, and technology connect to the kingdom of God? For some biblical thoughts, join us Friday, May 1st from 8.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. for an engaging training on business, money, technology, and the kingdom of God. For information and registration, go to strategieswork.com events. These are challenging economic times. There is much fear in the world. Now more than ever, people need to understand the power of building their lives on Christ. Only faith in Christ can provide sustained victory over fear. If you need help learning how to walk with Christ, Strategies at Work has consultants in various parts of the world. Please see the website strategieswork.com for contact information. And now, Dr. Chester brings us the message titled, Betrayal in the Workplace. In the December 2014 gleanings, I shared empirical data on three types of workers, engaged, disengaged, and actively disengaged. Those who are engaged are satisfied with their work and proactively support the mission of their organizations. The disengaged are ambivalent and therefore don't care whether their organizations succeed or not. They simply want their paychecks and the actively disengaged are highly unsatisfied and consequently proactively oppose their organizations, meaning they intentionally work against the organizations that pay them. This month I want to focus on the latter category, the disengaged worker. Clearly the disengaged worker is a danger to any organization. These workers surreptitiously find ways to sabotage organizations, usually for their own agendas. Consider for example Judas Iscariot one of Jesus' twelve disciples. Jesus was the leader of an organization. It was not a highly structured organization, but nevertheless it was an organization. If you concede that the definition of an organization is two or more people who have joined together to accomplish a mission. Jesus' mission was to solve the problem of sin in the universe, 
which causes, among other things, dysfunction, conflict, inefficiency, deception, poverty, disease, and death. Interestingly, many people have sought to eradicate these maladies, but Jesus pro provided the only efficacious solution. The organization Jesus formed was multi-generational, consisting primarily of 12 men whom he personally discipled. These men would carry on the work after Jesus departed. Of these men, apparently Peter, James, and John were the most productive, at least they were the most prominent, and the least productive was Judas Iscariot. Judas Iscariot betrayed Jesus and committed suicide before the organization's work dramatically expanded. Why did he do this? My thesis is that Judas tried to do something that was impossible. He tried to worship both God and money. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said the following, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Matthew 6.24 In the last sentence of this text, the Greek word translated cannot means unable to or lacking the power. Also, the Greek word translated serve means to obey, to submit, and to serve as an expression of worship. Jesus is noting that human beings in a fallen state do not have the power to serve or worship both God and money. In other words, it's impossible to worship God and money. Those who pretend to worship both are deceived. As the treasurer of Jesus' organization, Judas handled the financial affairs and used his position of trust to embezzle. Then Judas monetized his insider information and betrayed Jesus' location to the authorities so they could arrest him when there was no crowd around. For this information, Judas received compensation from the authorities. But after Judas led the authorities to Jesus at night and saw Jesus condemned to die, he was filled with remorse. He went to the authorities and confessed his sin to them, but found no sympathy. So he threw the money at them that he had been paid and committed suicide. Judas appeared to try to worship God in money, which as noted above is impossible. He was deceived and had pursued his own interests based on this deception. Judas is an example of an actively disengaged worker. He sabotaged the organization to fulfill his own agenda. Many disengaged workers are angry at their companies, but Judas was not angry. Rather, he was simply trying to do what God said was impossible. He was trying to worship God and money, which is bad theology. At the root of any actively disengaged worker, there's always bad theology at work in the heart of the worker. Judas's attempt to worship God and money is one example. It is bad theology to think that one has the potency in and of themselves to do what God has said is impossible. What then can we learn from Judas about the traits of disengaged workers? Well, here are some thoughts. First, even the best organizations can have disengaged workers. If Jesus was the best organizational leader ever, and arguably he was, and he had a disengaged worker, then every organization should expect to have disengaged workers. Second, disengaged workers appear to be engaged workers who think and act for the good of the organization, but in reality they pursue their own agenda. 
For example, Judas asserted that it was an unwise use of resources for Mary to anoint Jesus' feet with costly oil. He said that the oil should have been sold and the proceeds given to the poor. While this objection sounded benevolent, his agenda was not benevolent, but one of personal gain. He was an embezzler. Third, disengaged workers are difficult to detect. Apparently, Judas had been undetected by, both as an embezzler and a betrayer by anyone in the organization except Jesus, who was clearly able to see reality far better than his disciples who tended to live in unreality. For example, his disciples focused on issues such as who was the greatest among them and when was Jesus going to be crowned king. Likewise, disengaged workers can remain undetected. Only people with keen discernment like Jesus can detect disengaged workers. Fourth, disengaged workers are destructive but may not know the implications of their actions. Judas only embezzled money, but he also betrayed the confidence of his leader. This betrayal led to Jesus being arrested, convicted, and executed by the political and religious leaders. Judas eventually recognized what he had done and became so remorseful that according to Matthew's account, he returned the betrayal money and committed suicide. Judas had not only realized the consequence of his betrayal, but he was so blinded by his narcissistic agenda expressed by an attempt to worship God and money that he could not see the consequences of his actions. So it is with disengaged workers. This blind them so they cannot really see reality well or the implications of their choices. Disengaged workers are a blight on every organization. Their narcissistic agendas are distracting, deceptive, and destructive. Well-meaning organizational leaders can be unaware of the presence and impact of disengaged workers on their organizations and many times can be perplexed by situations that arise. They frequently do not understand that the origin of these situations is bad theology at work in the hearts of disengaged workers within their organizations. Given the challenge of detecting and dealing with disengaged workers, what should an organizational leader do? Well, here are some tips. Number one, recognize the reality of disengaged workers. Don't assume that your organization is an exception. Assume that disengaged workers most likely exist in your organization. Number two, pray for wisdom and discernment to identify the disengaged workers in your organization. This should be an ongoing vigil, like watchmen on the wall, seeking to find those who are working to sabotage the purpose of God in your organization. Three, respond to disengaged workers through either remediation or, if remediation is not efficacious, removal. If you're going to embrace this battle, you must open your mind to the reality of the existence and impact of disengaged workers. If Jesus' organization had Judas, your organization or organizations will most likely have the equivalent of Judas or worse. Therefore, organizational leaders must recognize the reality of disengaged workers. Leaders must face this hard reality and ask the question, who are the disengaged workers in my organization and how should I respond to them? Herein is a major challenge for every leader and manager who wants to build truly excellent organizations in accordance with the will and ways of God. If you are an organizational leader, will you respond to this challenge?